You're tuned in to the Bear Raid Podcast, a part of the Chicago Skybox Sports Network. Welcome into the Bear Raid Podcast, brought to you by the Chicago Skybox Sports Network. I'm Johnny Yu, chilling here with Chino and Greg as we forward to this next week against the Minnesota Vikings. And I don't know, not, not feeling good about this one. What do you guys think, guys? Not feeling good. Um, could feel better. Yeah, it's uh, – I don't know how long I'm going to watch the game for. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, it just seems like this is one of those games where, you know, especially after last week where you get exposed on the defensive side of the ball, especially against the run. It seems like it's going to be a long week or a long game uh, you know, against Dalvin Cook and uh, Alexander Madison over there of the Minnesota Vikings because it, those guys are strong runners and they got a pretty strong offensive line that it just – it seems like it's going to be a hard one to really stop and that's going to open up their passing game. Now, they're only averaging 98 yards a game rushing, but it's the Bears' defense, which is one of the worst run defenses in the league. So it's kind of like what happens when they meet. Yeah, well, um, I mean, our run defense, it's – it could be better. I think that there's hope. We can only go up from here. <laughs> We're at the bottom of the barrel. We can only go up from here. Um, so, eventually, if we do start to get that clicking, um, I think that's a real good chance for us to maybe turn some some things around. Um, maybe do some things differently with defense, um, different blitz comp- uh, uh, combos and things like that. But um, I think we're pretty far from that. We just have to get there. We have to build our way to it, unfortunately. Um, but I'm trying to keep positive, and I'm trying to think of what if these things start happening. Well, from a statistical standpoint, I just want to point some things out what to look for and kind of what we've seen here for the first four games, both for the bears and the Vikings. When you look at fields and we've been discussing this of, you know, how the bears offense, are they doing? Okay. Are they are where they're supposed to be? Let's take a look between them and cousins and people have a, a, a percep, perce, a perception of cousins, whether is he good? Is he great? Is he just average? And he can put up numbers when he wants. That's just a true veteran. So, and he's led this team to many wins and some blowouts actually to take out some other teams. So when you look at it statistically, Justin Fields is 34 of 67 of attempts. Uh, so made to attempts. And if you break that down, that means he's only completing out of the four games, eight, just over eight and a half, Um, receptions a game and he's only throwing 16 just over 16 point I think it's 16.75 attempts per game which is super low you go to you know uh, Cousins there and he's doing 99 of 57 so completions he's doing let's see here um, he's doing 24 completions which is fantastic a game that means I mean he's really driving the ball and then from attempts which he's got a boatload he's averaging about 40 so field doing 16 fields is doing under half of what's being expected um of what cousins is doing and that's quite scary for a quarterback that's good not considered great but what good what the thing that impresses me though let's go to the the good side 
uh, Herbert pretty much playing three full games to an extent, not four. Um, three TDs, 317 rushing yards. He's doing more than Cook at, is in this moment. Cook's at 279 and one TD. Now you may say, well, why is that? When you look at it from a reverse side, Jefferson's got 28 receptions for 393 yards and two TDs. So as you can see, the Vikings are mixing up the game. And those aren't just the only two you guys mentioned you know, a few others as well from the running back position, along with some other highlights in the reception game. And I'll let you guys target on that. But uh, Mooney, eight receptions total. So that's about two a game. And then 121, zero TDs. And that seems to be our downfall. We are getting some yards where Mooney's got the eight receptions, 121, but no TDs. No one else is really getting involved from a receiving standpoint, as you heard from Justin Fields. But Herbert seems to be the main key, even Montgomery from the game or game and a half before. But that passing game has got to change. When you look at those statistics, that kind of makes you cringe. And when you heard Justin Fields in his conference, when we're going back to that states, oh, you know, I don't look at the numbers and it's not necessarily a concern. Well, to me and to a lot of Bears fans, when you look at this statistically, it's scary. Yeah. And, you know, one one thing, you know, I caught while you were giving out those stats right there, looking at, you know, the Minnesota uh, run defense and the Bears' pass defense. It look, you know, the, their pass defense is doing better than their run defense, regardless of the Bears. They're only giving up a buck 68 passing versus a buck 83 rushing. Um, and then for the Vikings, they're giving up 131 yards a game on the ground. So when you look at possibly David Montgomery coming back, that could be a thing where, you know, you see that two-headed monster and really see the effectiveness of those two guys together. I think Herbert's good on his own, but those two guys together then really can do some damage because you're not getting a breather. You're getting, you know, head-on all. And will that, hopefully, you know, I'm not sure if, uh, I'm not going to bank on that opening up the passing game because we've been waiting for that, but hopefully that can help control the, the time of possession. Uh, because the thing with Minnesota is they can score quick. You got Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the league. I think the guy's got, I think it's four less receive. I'll have to look exactly, but I think it was like four less receiving yards than the entire Bears team together, or maybe he's got more yards than the entire, something like that. But um, regardless, it was just way too ridiculous for one to be you know, equal or greater to that of a, an entire team. But that's where he is. He's the best receiver in the league. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, you threw those stats out there. One thing about Kirk Cousins is, uh, you know, his performance may be debatable, but on Sundays at noon is where he shines. He's, he sucks in the uh, primetime games. Monday night, Sunday night, you know, you're not going to get good games and you can get those games where he's going to throw interceptions. But, you know, during those day games at noon, he can really uh, light it up. So, if they can find a way to, I'm not going to say minimize Justin Jefferson, but you know, if you, if you can just say, Hey, Justin Jefferson's going to get his touches, he's going to get his yards. We're going to stop everything else. Then that may give you a chance. But if, if you're trying to do too much, then it's going to open up the gaps and it's going to be like, you know, a guy in a canoe with a bunch of holes and you're just trying to patch them all. And before you know it, it's going to overrun with water and the ship's going to go down. So um, 
it's it's not going to be an easy task, but I, I think they definitely have to do something different than what they've been doing. And like Chino said, maybe it's, you know, different blitz packages or something. This defense doesn't normally call for, you know, many blitzes, but maybe they can get creative uh, with a way to kind of get to the quarterback and kind of force these situations. And, you know, Eddie Jackson goes out there, has another interception or something. Well, do you guys think they should go – back and maybe switch up the defense from what they're playing now. We had that discussion even in from our first initial podcast about what they're running at now. Do you guys have any suggestions or maybe Chino, I'll open it up to you to start on how, what you've been witnessing and do they stay with it? Do they, do you think they should switch? What, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, the game is one in the trenches and both sides were not winning that. So we got to start there. That's that's the first spot you start. The game is one in the trenches. Um, we all know how the offensive line is performing. Um, and right now the defensive line is not getting much done. Uh, Robert Quinn has been, you know, I, I guess he's out there. There's a person out there wearing his number in his jersey, but um, <laughs> we're not sure if it's him. Um, meanwhile, the Vikings offensive line has become much more improved than they were. Um, so right now that's a big issue. They got the capability of really winning that line of scrimmage and, uh, the trenches. Um, so it all starts there. And then obviously it's, it's, it's going to be difficult. We don't have Jalen Johnson to be able to square up against Jefferson. Um, I will say this, Justin Jefferson is fifth in the league in drops with three. There's only three, you know, it's not a lot, but nonetheless, um, he has shown times of being human. So there's that. But, um, I mean, you know what, with the introduction of Montgomery coming back, hopefully we can maybe make some more pass plays coming out of the backfield. Um, Herbert has done great with running the ball. Um, but, again, I don't think we're giving our opportunities to the running backs enough. Um, you know, the only time it seems that we're going to them is on a, on a plan C um, or a screen that's just so predicted. So uh, that's my predictions on that. Yeah, I don't see them. I think, you know, more than anything, they'll probably try disguising. I think this is this is Everflus's defense, and I think he's going to do everything to to make it work, especially in year one, and find out which players fit more than anything before he changes the defense. Now he may, you know, as we said adapt some things where instead of not blitzing as much, he's going to have to blitz in order to, um, you know, try to generate some pressure if this front four is, isn't doing that. Um, and then maybe just try shuffling some bodies in and whether that's, you know, moving people elevating from the practice squad or, or going to poach people off of other people's practice practice squads. Going to have to do something because that, that defensive line is where it starts. And if you're getting gouged at the front, then it's it's going to be you know a long day for those linebackers and defensive backs if if they got to try to chase these guys down. So I think again it's going to be you know these are part of the growing pains figuring out who fits this defense and who doesn't. You know one thing he had said when he came in is that yeah you know I run the cover too but you know I'm willing to adapt. So you know at some point he is going to have to adapt his defense and maybe change those coverages. Um, but I don't, I don't think you'll see like a full scale, like revamping, especially in the middle of the season. Um, but you may see some, you know, different coverages played more often, uh, than they're doing now because 
this is this has all the writings to be like a bad week. And, you know, for all we know, it could be, you know, the Bears lighting them up and, you know, pulling a surprise because it's the NFL and you never know. But, you know, this is one of those situations where you just run into a buzzsaw and the team's, you know, better than you. But how do you, how do you try to minimize that gap? And, you know, as we said earlier, you know, you got some room if they can get the ball running and try to control the clock, they may be able to stay in the game that way. Um, or if they can uh, minimize the offensive damage outside of Justin Jefferson and hope he like gets a cold or something before the game starts. Regardless of how we think, like, you know, aside from Chino, because I know Chino's got, he wants to stay positive about, you know, John and I are saying we're probably going to get tortured, right? We're going to get killed. When I look at that 49ers Rams game, that shocked the hell out of me. And I thought I bet all my monopoly money on the Rams to destroy the 49ers with everything going on over there. And boy, did they prove me wrong. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the bears do that this Sunday, because if when that defense is running on all cylinders, boy, can that change the direction of the game and bring the momentum to the offense then. And that's what I'm hoping for. Would it, you guys pretty much feel the same way? Yeah. Yeah. I think we got to really wrap up the mental mistakes. Um, last week, we saw that a lot with the bootlegs that they just kept killing us with. In the first half, nobody could figure out whose guy was what in their assignment. Um, second half, we started to see that. Brisker started to figure things out and started realizing he needs to take the quarterback. Um, I think if we can play smart, that first and foremost helps us. Um, Gordon, another one that needs to be able to, you know, really get his head in the game. If we could stop, if we could just have a game without mental mistakes, that would help because we're already down in talent and things like that. So I, I think we really need to clean those things up. But we have stayed good with the penalties, knock on wood, um, and discipline. Um, I think personally, you don't see a lot of false starts out of our offense. Again, knock on wood. I think that's really good signs of discipline. So Eberfluss is definitely doing that well. Um, but, um, y- you know, I mean, if we're already killing ourselves by, you know, inept players or just n- people not being in the right position, um, it, you know, to further help that or to hurt that, then, you know, playing with, you know, no mental mind is just incredible. So we need to clean it all up. Yeah. I, the main difference between, you know, what this Bears defense can do versus what that Niners defense that Niners defense has three first round picks on the defensive line. You got Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, and Nick Bosa. And you can argue that Nick Bosa's, you know, one of the top two or three defensive ends in the league. And Eric Armstead's going to be in the top five of the defensive tackles. And Kinlaw's just really solid. You got an all pro linebacker and, and Fred Warner. You got another guy that just got a contract in Dre Greenlaws. That defense is stacked. So it, it's hard to make that comparison. And, you know, I think we talked about it after after the game against them is, you know, they – the main thing that was holding them back is figuring out the quarterback situation. And I, I think Jimmy fits them well. That allows them to, to do what they do, which is win with a stout defense and an offense that doesn't – you know, that limits the mistakes. And that's 
what the Bears need to do, but the Bears haven't shown that they can do that consistent, consistently. If you get a, a flash like we did against the Niners, where you get, you know, Robinson causing some pressure, and, you know, you get Gibson up there causing some pressure, and you get Roquan, you know, unfortunately, will probably have to be flying around and get at least like 16 tackles again, then, um, you know, that may be what it takes. But um, I think we'll see flashes, but I don't think we can, you know, expect it or expect to see it consistently just because of just the talent level. But that's kind of where you want to go because the Bears are on the same kind of offense as the Niners. Um, and, you know, they plan to kind of win with defensive as well. So I think that's the plan of where they want to go. And the Niners right now are kind of the that blueprint. So yeah. we'll look to see where, that, where it goes. And, um, you know, I, I think that's definitely something to strive for. But as yeah. we – as we move along with our discussion on kind of where we see this team going, I think a big part that will factor into the offense's uh, performance is that offensive line. You know, you just mentioned, you know, they don't make a lot of mental mistakes when it comes to penalties and that. But now you lose Cody Whitehair, your, you know, longest tenure offensive lineman there, probably your most consistent, most effective offensive lineman. You know, when you saw Lucas Patrick step in for him very first play, uh, that guy him and took him back like eight yards oh. in the backfield. And that was, that was embarrassing. Tom Thayer, Tom Thayer talking about it too. And Tom Thayer was like, that, that's, that's what you hate to see on, on film. That's like the worst thing that you could, that could happen. And there was uh talk yesterday that Lucas Patrick was practicing at center with Mustafer on the bench and they didn't say who was that left guard. So I'm not sure if maybe you, you bump up Schofield again from the practice squad uh, who they signed in the off season and then cut in training camp, or is it Alex Leatherwood? You're going to move over there. But uh, the one thing I saw today, I saw a tweet earlier that said Tevin Jenkins in pass protection has not uh, allowed a quarterback hit and has only been allowed like two quarterback pressures out of uh, all their dropbacks. Not a lot of them, but, you know, what? it's good to see that happening. I think the main thing is Larry Borum, and what are we going to do on that right side? Um, but, it, you know, that offensive line, if, if the offensive line just needs some continuity to find something, hopefully this reshuffling this week can hopefully work towards that. Yeah. One thing I think we definitely need to do is bring in Blasphemagame. Oh, geez. Blasphemagame for the pass protection. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but a lot of the times we're bringing Cole Komet down to the, you know, we already have a running back lined up in shotgun uh, next to our quarterback. Then all of a sudden we'll line up Cole Komet, and sometimes we keep him in for blocking. Sometimes we set him on a route. And I really don't think that that's necessary to pull your tight end off the, off the line of scrimmage all the time like that um, to have him come back there and, at least block, you know, I mean, I personally think that that's something that the fullback could do. That's why we brought him here um, last week. Oh, God bless that soul for that uh, defensive back at the Miami Giants or um, New York Giants. But um, the second that they those two came across each other, that guy was out for the game. Um, that guy can block. That guy can bring the contact. He brings the physicality. We're going to need to bring him on that right side to help out. Um, Braxton Jones is, I guess, holding his own. Uh, but Borum is not, and um, we, he needs some help. I think blasting game is def definitely a good way to start there. Uh, quick passes, 
Another good way to start. The 49ers, um, immediately the first thing I noticed when they brought Garoppolo in is he likes his quick slants or he likes his uh, quick posts. He likes over-the-middle stuff. But what they found was something that he liked, something he was good at, and they started utilizing that. We need to find that on our offense. We need to find something that is effective, something we can go to. We're getting down to the goal line in red zone, and we're seeing plays we've never seen before. And I just think that that's incredibly just not, you know, not the way to go about doing that. Poor timing. Um, we need to be able to find some stuff that we're good at with the run game. We need to be able to find some things in there that we're good at. How do we go about part finding of, the production? But yeah, part, something needs to happen. Part of that is Justin Fields being rushed a lot. But then yep. in turn, Justin Fields wants to get out running real quick now. Have you noticed that? Where in the announcers have brought it up multiple times where he could have just sat an extra second and got the ball off. Instead, mm-hmm. he just decided to take off and scramble. And you know why that happens? Because he's watching the blitz instead of watching his receivers. The first thing your yes. quarterback should do, line up, find your safeties, read your linebackers, your line, maybe have the center call some things out which they should be doing. They need to find the mic. So right then and there, that's exactly what's happening. So he's putting his eyes on the blitz. And then the next thing you know is he's, he's just making it, he's turning into a running back at that point, but he's doing his natural instincts at running back and the pass game is gone. He's completely frightened and that's what's happening. Now to get rid of that blitz, that oncoming pressure, we need to get the ball out quick. That's, everybody's big thing against the, the, the heavy pass rushes, the quick passes, they can't get to you. If you don't have the ball, if you've already let it go, then that pass rush is irrelevant. Um, we're seeing him just do three to five step drops consistently. Um, I, and again, the receivers aren't making any separation, so that doesn't help, but um, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. That brings up two things uh, that I, that I've kind of run into here the last week or so. Uh, one was last week with DJ Moore, wide receiver for the Panthers. And he was talking about, he's like, you know, in terms of getting open, he's like, he's like I'm open. He's like, it's, it's the NFL. You know, you get a half yard, you get a yard. He's like, that's open. Now, if my quarterback doesn't think that's open, then I don't know. You got to talk to him, you know? So he's throwing <laughs> some shade there at, at big people. <laughs> And I, I think that's part of the growing process with um, Justin Fields, understanding what's open in the NFL. And we keep saying it. I think that's why you just got to let him grip it and rip it. Let him find out what open in the NFL is. Like, oh, oh, you know, they're like, oh, my God, why did I throw that? Oh, no, never mind. Yeah. You know, find out that I can't fit it in there. I can't, you know, that is enough separation where I can drop it in the basket or, um, you know, is it enough to to get in that window? And that's those like that's one thing that you can only learn by doing. You can't just teach that one on film mm-hmm. and go back to do it. You got to do that in an actual game. Uh, the other thing is, I would like to see what the impact of having Lucas Patrick at center will do. You know, you have a more experienced uh, player there who'll be able to call those plays at the line, you know, the, the, the yes. blocking and, and make those calls at the line over Mustafer. Um, you know, I'd like to see how much of an impact that is because you figure a guy 
playing with Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years as center for the last year and, you know, played with him for a couple of years filling in before that is, you know, this guy's got to have a view of exactly what it takes for this offense to run. And hopefully he can share that with uh, Justin and also his line mates there on the front. Uh, lastly is Nikhil Harry. So Nikhil Harry came off of the IR, started practicing. No word on whether or not he'll play this weekend. But, you know, that's another big body athletic dude you can throw out mm-hmm. there. Big catch radius, six foot four, fast, big catch radius. Somebody who Justin may feel more comfortable just throwing it up and say, go get it and kind of figuring things out that way. Oh, I can see that. Is it prediction time? <laughs> yeah. Well, Justin, I mean, like, I, like we've seen a lot of the times he's had, he has a hard time just making an arm motion, just getting the throwing motion completely. You're just completed from start to finish. Um, sometimes where that big body comes in is, you know what? I know he's over there somewhere. You know, just heave it. Um, and that's why that six, four body is out there because those guys come down with it. Um, I'm really, yeah, unfortunately we're going to be, uh, leaning on this kid here. Uh, if he wanted his second chance, boy, oh boy, is he going to get it because something needs to happen and somebody needs to do something. So, uh, you're on the clock kid. Um, you know, (laughs) here's your, uh, here's your gun. Here's your helmet. There's the battle. Good luck. Yeah. One last thing here before we get to the prediction is, uh, Luke Getze did come out and stand up for him this week, you know, I think as you would expect, but, you know, he did say that, you know, what they see versus what fans and media may see is going to be different, which, I mean, that kind of tells me that, hey, you know, what we're seeing is that maybe the offensive line isn't giving him enough time. Maybe that, you know, those receivers aren't giving him enough time. So as much as it's easy to pile on Justin um, for all these things, it's, you know, falls on the entire unit and they got to keep working at it. So that's the way I took it uh, this week. So hopefully, um, you know, they just they all you can do is keep working, keep working. And only time is going to help kind of build that rhythm. So hopefully this week they can build a little bit of rhythm, but uh, we'll kick off predictions here, and uh, we'll start with uh, Greg. What you got for this week? I got, uh, unfortunately, I got the Vikings 34 to 16. And the only touchdown that's going to be made there is either going to be A, by Eddie Jackson taking it to the house, or B, uh, Herbert taking it in for the uh, rushing TD. And the reason, and again, the reason for that prediction and that score is the offensive line shuffles, the inconsistency, as I mentioned, about how many pass attempts and completions we're taking advantage of. Chino had brought up how many times we keep using commit to block versus to go out to be an additional receiver to help make this and use the fullback a little bit more to help with the pressure. And then from a defensive standpoint, this is going to continue being the scenario when you're doing three and outs, the defense is going to eventually get gassed. So my prediction again is uh, 34-16 Vikings, unfortunately. Right. I can see that. You know? All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm gonna go twenty-seven sixteen, and uh, that's my prediction. Um, I think the Bears are gonna keep up with the pace of not allowing a second half touchdown. I think they're gonna surprise us second half. Um, I think Roquan's gonna have another big game. Uh, I agree. I think Khalil Herbert or Montgomery are gonna be effective in the in the uh, red zone. I think having 
the chance of possibly even putting both of them in the game at the same time. I mean, if we're going to have a shotgun scenario where we're going to have two people lined up in the back in the uh, in the backfield with the quarterback, I wouldn't mind seeing Montgomery or Herbert. Now you're leaving it up to the defense to try to figure out which way it's going to go. We could have Herbert go one way, Montgomery the other, but that's for another top podcast. 27-16 Bears or I'm Vikings over the Bears, uh, but Bears hold up in the second half. Yeah, I think I've been kind of thinking this over. I think I'm going to go 31-24 Vikings. And the reason why I have the Bears going 24, I think, as I've stated before, I think the Vikings are going to get out to an early lead, which is going to force that Bears offense to play catch-up and going to force them to throw the ball. So I, I think they'll, you know, hopefully try to build some momentum in the second half. Um, and, you know, get a touchdown out of it to, to kind of get close, but it, it won't be enough. But I, I know there's no moral victories, but I feel like this one could be a moral victory in the second half if they fall behind, but you start to see that passing offense come together in the second half because they're kind of forced to. And so, don't forget, I called week five in case you see a Trevor Simeon sighting. <laughs> <laughs> We'll throw that on the board as well. We'll put that on, <laughs> put that on the board. <laughs> we'll we'll throw that to the board. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, we'll uh, wrap this up. We'll follow up with a post game on Monday night as we wrap everything up, get settled in, and we will talk about the stadium. So, you know, we, we didn't get to it today, but we'll talk about what that stadium looks like and how some of those features may be able to fit into a futures bear stadium by incorporating that natural light. But Absolutely. I drove any- right past it today, so I'm open for that. Right past the Minnesota stadium. Oh, you're talking about that one. I thought you're talking about our new one coming up. <laughs> oh yeah. Ar- Arlington. Yeah. Uh, the future home of the Arlington. <laughs> we'll get into that another time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, any, any parting thoughts before we wrap things up guys? I'm uh, hoping I'm pro- I hope I, I hope I'm proven wrong. That's yeah, what I'm hoping. Exactly. We're hoping that, uh, you know, our decisions are incorrect and that the Bears pull out the W and surprise us and we uh, go for 400 yards, four touchdowns passing. Well, for Chino and Greg, I'm Johnny Yu. Thank you for tuning in to the Bear Raid podcast. And as always, bear down. <laughs>